0: Let's get real. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to America WK. This is Andrew WK, and it's very good
1: to be with you again for another weekly episode. I cannot believe that it's been a week. It seems like an eternity since I last spoke to you. And I can't exactly explain why that is, except for the fact that, I suppose, personally, I feel like I've gone through quite a bit since that time. I couldn't tell you specifically what. I suppose I'm still processing it. Uh, In case you aren't aware, the last episode, number 11, was extremely difficult for me, although it feels a little silly thinking back to it now. Uh, I was quite physically ill during that episode. And I even anticipated having this reaction. I anticipated during that episode that I would probably think back to it during the next episode and and not really be, be able to relate to it. And that pretty much is exactly how I feel. Not only can I... Not relate to the way I felt so easily the illness and the physical difficulty I was having doing the show, doing anything. I had essentially food poisoning, really bad stomach situation, and all that goes with that—the aches and pains, etc. But I knew, even during that ordeal, that even in a couple of days, once I had recovered, maybe not even a hundred percent, but recovered enough that I would no longer be able to relate to that suffering, not in that most visceral way, not in the way that you can relate to it when it's happening to you. And now, a week later, doing this new show with you today, I can't even really imagine what I felt like then. And it makes it all seem a bit trivial, uh, a bit silly, like I was kind of whining and complaining as though it wasn't that bad. However, I do remember very clearly that in the midst of it all, doing the sh- the show, I felt like it was one of the hardest things I had ever done in my life. I'm not sure how to feel about it now. I'm glad that I did it, that's for sure. I'm glad that you were there to go through it with me, despite it being a bit nauseating, I'm sure, to listen to. Uh, it was a life experience of some kind, and although I can't really sum up... What I took away from it beyond the very basic satisfaction of doing something I wanted to do, despite the challenge, uh, there does seem to be a different feeling in the air. I feel different now. It feels like a long time has passed. Perhaps you can relate to that feeling. It feels like things are not normal. Maybe you have felt this. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. For things to get back to normal. You keep waiting to get organized with this hope that eventually things will settle in or settle down. And some type of clarity and calm will take over. Uh, A stability, a security, a normalcy. Waiting for things to get back to normal. Hoping for things to get back to normal striving away and working putting great effort into feeling normal getting to a normal place just regular life day-to-day life wanting that back it's not happening maybe it never was normal maybe the only thing we're realizing in these efforts to feel okay is that things never really were okay in that way it was a fantasy it was a daydream It was an illusion. It never happened. The times we're thinking of and wishing they were here again never were. And the only thing that we could really relate to is that the times we're thinking of in the past, we probably felt the same way back then. Things never have been normal. There is no normal to return to. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe that's not even the situation. That's just how it feels. And eventually you stop trying to get back to any place and accept and move forward into some strange and new place where things are always unstable, that the only security is in a sense of total insecurity or maybe a better way, a more hopeful way of looking at it is you realize that if there is any security to be had, it is not going to come from day-to-day life, from a repetitive, predictable existence, because that's not possible. It's not going to come from outside stability, from the world around you running the way that you wish it would. It's not going to come from Any type of physical effort to stave off error, to stave off disaster, to stave off the unpredictable occurrences of the world around you. It's not going to come from anywhere other than inside each one of us. That is the only security we have. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We've talked about this in various ways in pretty much every episode. And I've even mentioned that before in terms of realizing as I do this show with you that each episode is another attempt at clarifying some essential singular truth. I don't anticipate and I don't even know that I would want to ever be able to fathom that truth specifically and entirely Or maybe I'm just being easy on myself, but I don't know that it's possible to do that. I think we can examine it and remain within it. And each one of these episodes is a a further examination or another look or another perspective on this one thing called being alive. Whatever that thing is. The most mystifying yet magnificent experience we can have. And of course, the only experience we can have in the first place, as far as we are aware at this point, being alive is the one experience of all experiences that contains all other experiences. So any experience we have while being alive is part of that one experience, the one total life experience. And we would hope then and assume that each one of those experiences, no matter how big or small or trivial or significant within this life, within the experience of being alive, is in itself some type of illustration or study or examination of the full, total experience of life. And today I wanted to get very specific and try to illustrate our efforts to live this experience better, to do a better job at being alive by breaking it down into three very tangible efforts, three realms of effort, three modes of personal integrity. And in a world that can feel so confusing and so out of control and so beyond our ability to not, just understand, but to influence, we return to the one area in which we have influence, ourselves, our inner life, the way we present ourselves to the world, the way we experience ourselves inside. And these three modes of living really do cover, for most of us, All the aspects of being human. And it would really be in ascending order what we think, what we say, and what we actually do. Can we attain goodness and integrity in our thoughts, in our words, and most importantly, in our actions? And it can be easy, or just seem like it's easy, to master one of those areas, only to find ourselves falling very short in another. We're going to get into that. It's America WK. Thank you very much. I'll be right back.
0: America WK, with Andrew WK, the undisputed king of partying. On the Blaze Radio Network! Don't miss The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. My house is strewn with just things my wife decided she wanted to do and then didn't follow through on. My mom was. Same thing. My
1: dad put up with this stuff, and my mom was prolific with failed hobbies. I mean, when it comes to failed hobbies, she was quite a success. She was,
0: I mean, if her hobby is failed hobbies, she stuck to it. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK, and on today's show, we're focusing on this idea, this mindset, this worldview or life approach of separating our own behavior, our own embodiment into three modes of integrity. Three areas of effort. Now we've divided up the world in the past in terms of ordering our different levels of being between animal or actually savage or inhuman, monstrous, animal, human, and divine. But now we're going to take those ideas and put them into how we actually act, activate those feelings. How we embody and carry out our impulses in terms of what we think to ourselves, our own inner thoughts, our inner voice, and inner dialogue, what we actually say or even write, what we communicate to others, and then what we actually do, what physical actions we do. And before the break, I had ordered those in terms of what i thought initially was sort of easiest to hardest or least significant to most significant meaning that our thoughts could be the least significant speaking or words communication could be more significant more powerful and then our actions are the most powerful at all of all but it is now that i think of it a lot harder it's not that clear which of those is the most powerful or has the most impact In some ways, they are all quite even, or at least very discreet, in that they each have qualities that the others simply don't have at all. They're each completely unique realms, modes, fields of of energy, I suppose, of, of personality. What personality you express to your own self inside your head, what personality you express when you speak, And sort of present yourself verbally or through language, through communication, even body language. And then what personality, what ideas, what spirit you present through your actions. Now, personally, I have been very excited about this idea. Another way to to put this is we have to try, if we're going to be the best we can be, to not just act good, but to think good and speak good. We can't just do good. We have to have that goodness everywhere, inside ourselves and what we say and what we do. I had thought that uh, all that really mattered was that, well, in a way, that you said good things. That's been my sort of my go-to area. I felt most uh, in tune with that. I mean, here I am doing this radio show with you. This is all words, so it's easy for me to say all this stuff. I mean, but what What about me when I actually do these things? And maybe I say these things, and maybe I even do them, but do I think them? Do I believe them? An example would be, you know, uh, behaving in a very gentlemanly way, behaving in a very kind, and polite way. Meanwhile, as you're shaking someone's hand and saying, very nice to meet you, inside, you're saying, you stupid jerk, I can't stand you. (laughs) Or much more severe words uh, of hatred, of disgust. uh, This inner dialogue that is lashing out at the world silently from within the confines of your own mind. That's... uh, just as important here i was even ordering these things that's actually in a way even more challenging so i could actually completely flip the order that i had presented in the first segment there at the start of the show and say that perhaps the final frontier as usual is mastering not our actions but mastering our mind our inner world our feelings And how we actually think. Because even having a thought and then counteracting it or taming that thought, getting control over that thought, that can't be the final frontier. The final frontier is not having the bad thought in the first place. Imagine that. That is hard for me to even picture what kind of world that would be. What kind of feeling it would be to not even have bad thoughts you had to work not to have. But surely that must be some kind of goal that we can set for ourselves, some type of perhaps very idealistic but maybe not out of reach goal. Isn't that what is considered true inner peace? Peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of spirit to truly be good that you don't even have to try to be good. This has not been my situation, but I don't uh, consider having to make an effort a bad thing either because it is through attainment that we prove our worthiness. For those who don't have these struggles, who don't have unkind thoughts, perhaps they had earned the right to be that good in some other way that I just haven't earned yet doesn't mean they're better, it just means they're further along, or who knows what it means. But that's what I want to really focus on today, and how we can apply this in very practical situations. Three modes of goodness. And the reason I find this so exciting is because in these times, not just the times at hand, but the times of, of life, being alive, as we're confronted with so much intensity, overwhelming waves of problematic circumstances, it truly can feel like there is nothing that we can do. Nowhere to turn. No solid ground on which to stand to even begin to fathom a possible solution for our situations. That is where integrity comes in. That is where focusing on something like three ways of being good in deed, in word, and in thought, that is something tangible. That is something solid. That is something we can hold on to and continuously work at and get results immediately and know that it is working when it's working, without a doubt. Removing even just a little bit of doubt in the midst of so much confusion and strife is invaluable we can have so many doubts especially about the world around us but when we have doubts about ourselves how can we ever ever imagine that we could solve what's going on in the larger picture without solving those inner doubts first and if we can simplify it and give us give ourselves these 3 Three areas of focus, each one so simple and pure, yet perhaps infinitely challenging. It really keeps us on our toes and it keeps us very focused. It, it, it gives us also a humbling sense of obligation to master these three areas, to become good in these areas before we go on putting so much energy into attacking others around us, their shortcomings, their lacks of integrity. Their mistakes, their misdeeds. What about taking care of our home first? Our own inner home. The home where we dwell. Then the home immediately around us. And then we can go into the rest of the world.
0: It's America WK. I'll be right back. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton.
1: Chapo Guzman is the closest thing that there is today to a Pablo Escobar. And he is the guy who just escaped from this high security prison in in Mexico. This is a really scary guy. We talk about a a drug cartel and criminality and it's Mexico, but this is all filtering into the United States. We are the market. We are the country that has to deal with the fallout of a completely corrupt Mexican government.
0: Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. It's America
1: WK. This is Andrew WK. And today we are talking about working to better ourselves through focusing on three specific areas. Being better in what we do. Being better in what we say or communicate and being better in how we think. Now, it can seem that the most important and challenging would be the area of what we do, being good in action. But it seems actually just as important to be good in how you think inside, because is that not the origin of every action or word? Doesn't that come first? However we approach it, and whichever mode we focus on, they are all interdependent and closely related, but very discreet and unique in their quality. And they take a different kind of concentration depending on your particular constitution, your sensibility, your personality, and your individual strengths or weaknesses. For me personally, I find the inner thoughts, the inner feelings, the voice in my head to be the most difficult to master. I can become very aware of everything that it's saying, and yet to imagine changing what it's saying, getting control of that voice in my head, or counteracting it with a different voice, maybe what I think of as my real voice, my real interior voice, sometimes seems harder than, well, just about anything. For other people, it could be their actions that... Actually doing good when it comes down to it might be the most challenging area of all. I have friends that I actually really believe don't have such a a nasty negative inner voice. But when a push comes to shove and it's time to take action, they may just find themselves falling into a rather corrupt style of behavior maybe even to their own amazement, maybe even to their own shock or even the shock of that inner voice inside of their head. But that's what we're talking about here today. Three realms of personal effort to improve. And we're trying to think of it as being good, being good in what we say, being good in what we do, being good in what we think. But as we have mentioned before, it is a bit tricky to actually pin down What good is? What is goodness? In a way, in a very elegant and simple way, goodness is just the lack of badness, the lack of wrongness. In fact, if we don't have to try actually to be good if we just focus on not being bad, then all that's left is the goodness. It's almost as though the truth, goodness, reality the essence of 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 life is inherently there and we've just covered it up and complicated it with all the lies with all the anger with all the the non-reality with all the illusions with all the confusion with all the bad wrong behavior with all the dishonesty. So rather than try to be good, we should really just try not to be bad with the understanding that that kind of takes care of all of it in a much easier way. I think it's easier to focus on not saying something mean. And if you don't say something mean, you usually will end up saying something nice. Or as the old saying goes, you don't say anything at all. But even in that silence, there is an inherent goodness. It is only the bad that we need to worry about. And fortunately, again, it's usually our soul, our soul's duty, our soul's job to help clarify, to help pinpoint exactly what constitutes bad. We can feel it. And maybe this idea, this exercise of trying to improve our behavior in these three modes is really just practice for our soul in helping us determine what really constitutes bad behavior, bad thoughts, bad words. For example, here's a really easy one. Don't write anything bad on the computer anymore. Here we can go around being considered one of the nicest people that anyone's ever met. We can go around extremely kindly, being very polite and gentle and in good-humored spirits, we can put our efforts into very righteous activities, very charitable actions, and then go and in an anonymous way completely unload the most vicious, hateful, pointless, dishonest words written down on the computer it's also a situation where we can be someone who thinks of themselves as a very positive person but as soon as we stub our toe or get frustrated all of a sudden we lash out in all kinds of very vicious ways now in the heat of the moment It takes a lot of effort to reel that in, but it starts at least by recognizing it, that hey, maybe we were being bad in how we spoke right there. I was thinking about this idea of acting good, speaking good, and thinking good, or as we just clarified, uh, trying to not speak bad, trying to not act bad, and trying to not think bad With the understanding that if we eliminate the bad, all that is left is goodness, that goodness is inherent, that that is the true nature of reality is goodness. And it's the cluttering up of the badness which obscures it. We don't have to try to make the world good, the world is good. We have to try to eliminate and clear out all the stuff that covers that up. But I was thinking about how this actually just relates to, in a similar way, hear no evil, speak no evil. Do no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, see no evil. Pardon me. And they're not exactly the same, but perhaps they are. Maybe it's going after the same same tenets here. The same core idea. If you hear no evil, that could be related to uh, maybe someone's thoughts. Speak no evil could be, of course, related to words and see no evil could be related to action the speak and hear seem somewhat interchangeable in that example but it's definitely uh, related This, this triad of goodness that are bound up together in what it takes to just form the very foundation of a good person and boy, we could use some, some more good people. Or rather, again, just some not bad people. Some people that haven't compromised their integrity. Some people that haven't allowed themselves to be corrupted. Some people who have not played by the broken rules just because that's what you're supposed to do to get by. Am I saying I'm someone who has not done these things? No, unfortunately not. I would like there to be more not bad people. And I'm sure there are, and we're seeing them all around. They're inspirations. This is America WK. We're talking about three realms of integrity. I'll be right back. Thanks so much.
0: This is America WK. Hosted by Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater the three branches of government that we've learned forever right the executive the legislative and the judicial the three branches of government have now become the three departments of government the legislative branch and the judicial branch all and the executive branch all work on the same team as opposed to checking each other to protect our liberty they now work in tandem to promote their agenda very different Mike Slater Saturdays at 3 p.m Eastern on the blaze radio network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K.
1: Welcome back to America W.K. This is Andrew W.K. I was just talking about removing the problems we have with other people and turning them into the only meaningful problem we can have, which was a problem we have with ourselves. And I was saying right before the break, who cares if we're doing better than someone else when in our efforts to do better than them, we end up doing worse as a person than we once were. I mean, that really puts things into perspective. When you lower your own standards just to beat someone else, you're actually losing against yourself. So, summing up what we discussed today, and it really was very helpful for me. I hope you could relate to this and get something out of it, of course. That's the only really useful thing that I have to hope for here is that this is somehow meaningful. And again, I don't expect it to necessarily be new. It really can't be new. These kinds of ideas cannot really be new ideas. They are just the ideas. We're just zeroing in on the only ideas that ever have existed, the ideas of being a human being. But they sure are helpful to think about when you happen to be a human being. what else are we gonna spend our time doing here? Can't be afraid to dive into this stuff. And so thinking about these three areas in which we can really focus our efforts to improve, the area of our thoughts, the area of our words and communication, and the area of our actions. And focus on all three, or focus on just one. However it occurs to you, any bit is better than nothing. Any little experiment, whether it's just trying to not use mean or unnecessarily cruel language, whether it's trying to every day, do some kind of action. Make some sort of physical gesture of kindness or generosity to someone other than yourself. If it's Even if you can't get control of your thoughts from the get-go, at least finding ways and being tireless in your efforts to take those bad thoughts and reconsider them, to transform them, to tame them, just to be aware of them. At all is better than nothing. This is how we can make a difference in the world. We cannot expect other people to save the world for us. We cannot turn to the future with some distant, obscure hope that some newfangled person or newfangled event or technological breakthrough is going to provide us with some new resource that will change everything and fix the world. We already have the most powerful tools within ourselves right now. And the only reason we don't do it more and turn to those tools more is because it takes effort. It takes a lot of energy and it takes wanting to do it. We have to do it from the inside out one little bit at a time. It's tedious, it's excruciating, but it's tangible and real, and you can feel it. And that is worth more than any amount of distant hope or promise. What you can actually do right now to make even the smallest increment of improvement in your own character. It is not wrong to have hope for the future it is not wrong to be excited about the unknown and potentially beneficial discoveries and breakthroughs and innovations that are on their way but it would be a disservice to ourselves and the rest of the world to completely put our trust and faith in those things outside of ourselves To save us when the only thing that can save us is us, is you. And however you get to that place within inside yourself, even turning outside through that mysterious and paradoxical inversion that religious and spiritual efforts involve, going out is still a journey to get back in. Exploring the grandeur of the heavens and turning oneself over to the divine power is a way of getting deeper in touch with the divine power that's in us right now. And if there is any chance of us saving ourselves and the world, it is going to happen from that one-on-one effort that you make with yourself. It is not easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. But hopefully through our efforts and our encouragement of one another, we can make some amount of headway, even the most humble and smallest Little bits of effort count. So encourage the people around you to do the same in a gentle and kind and compassionate way. When you see someone wrestling with doubts or when you see someone getting in touch with these ideas and truths within themselves, encourage them. Congratulate them. Be proud of them and be proud in how it confirms your own efforts. And it's the effort we're all making together, the effort to live and be worthy of the life that we have. This has been America WK. Cannot thank you enough for being with me. I love you. Talk to you very soon.
0: Goodbye. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show.
1: If you don't know what Tinder is, look it up. It's a dating
0: app, okay? And trust me when I tell you, um, it's more of a get together for a short period of time right now at 2 a.m. in the morning when I'm really drunk app. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, Welcome back to America WK.
1: This is Andrew WK. And today we've been talking about facing the confusion and fear and insecurity of existence by seizing upon three very particular areas in which we do have some amount of control or at least some ability to influence our immediate experiences. And that is how we behave in terms of our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And action, what we actually do, that may not be the Hardest to master in some senses, but is it not the most powerful? It is not certainly as intense in a way as our own inner world can be to us, but it is when our inner world turns into the outer world and affects other people. So our actions and trying not to do bad in them... Definitely seems to be the final frontier in terms of these three areas we've been discussing. Because it's where all the words and thoughts combine into some actual manifestation of physical movement, of energy, of an event taking place. I mean, a thought, of course, is an event. And speaking, communicating are events in of themselves. But when we talk about action... It is an event that includes all other events. It is a mystifying area unto itself. We could probably do a whole show just about action. But for the purposes of this rather simplified three modes of quality that we're trying to strive for here, we could look at this as, again, trying not to do bad. So, for example... Wow, there's so many examples I can think of here. And as always, I usually turn to the ever amusing and ever challenging area of travel etiquette. I don't know why. I guess that's just because, as I've said, so much of my life seems to involve traveling around and the interactions and the dignities that are experienced in this strange no man's land of moving from one place to the other. I mean, there's just so many things to touch on. Not taking bad action usually results in some kind of good action. And in some cases, inaction, not taking any action, is extraordinarily powerful in its ability to do good. I mean, we've been focusing on trying to avoid... Bad thoughts, trying to silence bad words and bad communication. And by bad, I mean what your conscience tells you is not right. But certainly, we also can imagine good things, good actions. What would be a good action? I think a lot of it has to do with not being selfish. It has to do with generosity. It has to do with helping someone else. It has to do with recognizing others around you and other situations outside of yourself. You know, I was thinking about this idea of problems today, actually th- wondering if I should dedicate an entire episode to what problems even are. What is a problem? It we, I think of it usually as some kind of an, almost like an object. I mean, in terms of how much space my problems, for example, can occupy in my life, my my worldview when i look out on the horizon i see my problems as much as i would see a building in front of me they're objects it it feels like that but of course they're not in most situations these problems that we attach so much importance to aren't even tangible things sometimes they're not even situations they're not even circumstances They can be vague worries that we think of as a problem. And sometimes often we think of ourselves as the problem or that these problems are things that we have. They're my problems. I have this problem. I wouldn't even say problems deserve to even be considered something that's happening to you. I think that these things we call problems deserve a good long look, a good long reinterpretation not to diminish them or to lessen our responsibility to solving them but to totally reevaluating how we consider them and how we approach them and i think that we can apply this idea of action to this right now what little things can we do or what can we avoid doing that would bring about goodness or a lack of badness in this area of action. We've already talked about trying to avoid saying and writing what we call bad things. We've tried to imagine what it would be like to actually wrangle with our bad thoughts, if not to cancel them out altogether, at least to get some kind of control or to counteract them when they do happen. But a bad action, as I said with travel, I mean, it would be as simple as, well, here's one. You know, never trying to cut someone off again on the road. Never trying to get back at someone who cut you off. Trying to drive safely right there can be a very simple challenge. Not even to drive nicely or to drive kindly, or to be a good driver, but to just drive safely. You don't even have to be the greatest driver, but what about that as a promise to yourself, to others? And as we mentioned, this idea of action somehow involving a consideration, a care, or a lack of selfishness, driving with a sense of the safety of other people around you, what things could, could you do in action? I mean, how many people do you think, and I'm, I'm one of these people, again, who has talked this big talk and thought these big thoughts to myself of how good I'm going to be, and then go and drive like a complete and total jerk on the road, like a, a despicable person I wouldn't even want to know, and here I am driving like that. That's an area that is very immediate, very accessible to us. Here's another one, waiting in line. Here's an area in which word, thought, and action can all be practiced right at once. How many times have we been waiting in line? And maybe we don't complain, but maybe we sigh just loud enough to make sure that the other people around us can hear us sighing. Maybe the people behind us, we hope they hear us to sort of get a sense of solidarity, rally them together, that we're all waiting for these people in front of us, perhaps the person at the front of the line that's currently occupying the agent or cashier or whomever we're waiting for. We hope maybe that they hear the sigh a little bit. And we like to think, oh, well, I'm being polite. All it was was a sigh. But deep down inside, we realize what that sigh was meant to signify. And we just couldn't quite rise to the occasion there, could we? We couldn't really be patient. Because we might think, oh, well, being patient means, you know, just waiting. I saw a great sign the other day at a festival, a concert, at the ticket booth where people were meant to line up to collect their tickets. And the sign said, and maybe you've seen this saying before, it said, patience is not just the ability to wait, it's how you behave while you're waiting. And that says it all right there. What kind of person are we really? Oh, well, I waited in line very patiently for 15 minutes, completely sighing, holding my head to the side, irritatingly tapping my foot, looking at my watch, huffing and puffing, complaining to the people around me. Goodness in thought and word and in action. Can we do it? Is it attainable? This is America WK.
0: This is America WK, featuring Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. In the mainstream media, this deal guarantees, and we are the guarantors, irony of ironies. You want a gruesome irony? Here's one. We are the guarantors that Iran will have nuclear weapons. They won't necessarily have them tomorrow, or in six months, or in a year, though they could easily have them. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, on The Blaze Radio Network. A show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. And we've been going in full bore into these three areas, three realms of integrity, three modes of goodness, three Zones in which we try to not be bad, to not think bad, to not speak bad, and to not act bad. We were just talking about action itself, acting bad. And we each have our own battles with this, some much fewer than others, some in very specific areas. Some people, for example, that I've met, they've been very quick. violence they have been very thoughtful very kind and otherwise honorable people who for whatever reason when something happened they didn't quite like with some other person they would want to punch them that's an impulse that's a particular failing in this mode of action that we're talking about Now, perhaps there's times when punching is useful or even called for, but I think we understand what I mean when I say oftentimes hitting is not the answer. And if anything, it only makes things worse. It escalates. And there's another wonderful area to apply these efforts. De-escalating. What can we do if we're trying to act good, to not act badly? Well, here's a great a great area. What can we do to de-escalate? How tempting, another temptation, how tempting is it to join in and escalate a situation? It's palpable. You can feel that writhing energy. Your heart starts racing. I've seen this again so many times you hear two people arguing perhaps they're related perhaps they're strangers there's a physical reaction that happens inside of you that is that is overwhelmingly noticeable your heart might start racing faster your face feels flushed i definitely feel my ears getting hotter and noticeably redder my breathing gets shallower, I can feel my shoulders and and neck kind of tensing up. You notice this because once the situation calms down or you walk away or somehow everything is calmed, all of a sudden you you realize you had to put your shoulders down. Even thinking about this, imagining these situations I've seen. De-escalating. But how tempting is it to want to add to it? And how often... In our efforts to de-escalate, do we end up escalating? And How strange is that? That makes me think that actually when we're trying to calm a situation, for example, trying to break up a fight, trying to break up an argument, trying to diffuse a situation, thinking that we're being so helpful and so brave and so noble, I stepped in and I helped. I, I, I just wanted to help calm it down. But deep, deep down inside, I think if we were very honest with ourselves, we would realize that we were giving into temptation and actually understood that we would be escalating. We wanted maybe some kind of self-righteous, pride-based involvement. But I think really it's just fanning the flames. And it's very hard to resist that. It's like taking energy and amplifying it. It's like taking a sound and blasting it through a loudspeaker there's just uh, a very visceral if not superficial excitement in experiencing that it's an adrenaline rush but if we want to be good if we want to expose that goodness and clear away the dishonesty and the corruption in our souls we will think twice And to truly de-escalate, oftentimes you just don't do anything. That is not to say you walk away when someone truly needs help. It is about honesty. Being honest with yourself and with the situation. How often do you see people getting involved with this clearly delusional sense of righteousness that are only stirring stuff up further? And I bet, actually... If some of these folks saw themselves from a distance, they would admit that. Much to their own dismay. How can we de-escalate situations? It's very hard. It takes an extraordinary amount of composure. Uh, it's, believe me, there's been times when I have been literally biting my tongue. So as not to speak up, and make some kind of comment. That in the moment I think is called for or will help this situation. Someone is misbehaving and I have to call them out. And actually all I would have been doing was escalating it. This is not saying that good men should stand by and allow injustice to unfold. This takes more honesty than that. We cannot be that extreme. We have to be able to be more tactful in all of our dealings with the people and situations around us. Do we really want to make things better or do we just want to experience drama and excitement and ferocious, explosive energy? That's an honest question we have to ask ourselves constantly. It takes a lot of self-awareness and self-honesty to pursue these things. It's very hard. That's why so many of us, including myself, just sometimes feel like we just don't have what it takes. We just don't have that much strength. Don't have that much energy. Just, unfortunately, maybe don't care that much. That there's other things that seem more important. But this is the most important stuff of all. As far as I can tell. And it seems so strange because it's these very elusive almost sort of air-like areas of life. They're not hard and fast and concrete, movable objects that we can pick up and set down uh, and examine in front of our eyes. We have to examine these situations with our souls, with the deepest parts of our intuitions. It takes incredible amounts of concentration... It takes setting aside all the objects and distractions that disconnect us from those abilities, from those perceptive parts of ourselves that really do have all the answers. There is some part inside each one of us that has the answer for every situation that we're in or certainly has a better answer or a better path to follow than the ones that we perhaps can more readily hear if we're not listening closely enough to our conscience, to our inner self our true, highest, noblest divine part of ourselves then we're going to get caught up in all these lower impulses we want to think good thoughts we want to speak good words we want to do good things Do we have what it takes? The good thing is, we can always keep this in mind. And it's urgent, but if you're not ready to do it or I'm not ready to do it, it's still there, waiting for us when we have the willingness to step up.
0: This is America WK. I'll be right back. Thank you so much. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network Don't miss Pat and Stu Joe Biden makes mistakes, but he makes them in a somewhat likable way. Hillary Clinton makes just as many mistakes, but she's not likable. This latest thing with the uh, subpoena that she denied. ever getting. I have never. Her her quote was, I have never received a subpoena. Uh, So much for people can and do trust me. What a lying sack of crap. And she said that with such conviction. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. And it just dawned on me, just like a, a brick to the face, just how incredibly thankful I am that you're here. Thank you. I mean, I, I have not been unaware of my gratitude towards you at any point since this show's inception or at any point during this, this particular episode. And despite having said similar things before, I just want to say again how much I appreciate you being here. That this is our show. And it is my privilege, my blessing, my miracle opportunity to be doing this with you. And I was just thinking about, in terms of these sort of areas of improvement, trying to improve how we think, trying to improve how we speak and communicate, trying to improve how we act was thinking about a question someone asked me a few days ago about grudges who do I have grudges against and I think they meant it in the context of the conversation I was having they meant it about sort of professional grudges in terms of my work in entertainment industry or in music or my career who do I have grudges against in my career And of course, I understood the question, and I sort of thought of a few people or situations that I suppose could kind of fit into that capacity. I mean, you always can sort of churn up old resentments if you get them going again, get back in touch with that anger, no matter how much you've tried to forgive, to heal those parts of your life. You can, if you try hard enough, you can dig them back up. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't really want to do that. I realized that I had been trying to really not have grudges in that sense for a long time. The people that have done things that I was hurt by or that I allowed myself to get hurt by, the things that people had done that I was upset about at the time or for a long period of time, I've tried to turn all of those things into something else. And sometimes not so successfully. Sometimes I've kept them alive or, or found new resentments to use as fuel, as motivation. With the full realization that it was all nonsense. It was sort of like a, you know, a superficial kind of energy that could kickstart you, almost like a drug. Meaning, you can take a bunch of caffeine pills or drink a whole pot of coffee, and have a bunch of energy. You you realize where the energy is coming from. It doesn't mean it's not true or real energy, but it's coming from a source that maybe is to a degree outside of yourself. And some of these resentments about someone who did me wrong, or someone I felt competitive with, or someone who I just didn't like for whatever reason, you. You know that it's all nonsense. You can tell as you're going through it that it's just sort of stupid. But I think actually trying to really be aware of that and then choosing to use those stupid resentments for a sort of caffeinated jolt when you need, that can be okay. It still feels kind of silly though. And when I was thinking about these grudges... I realize probably the biggest grudge I I have had with people is with some folks maybe higher up in the entertainment industry that have been considered successful in particular ways, usually just by the amount of money they've made, not necessarily for being very creative or very interesting or noble, but just for making a lot of money. And a lot of these folks... Liked to say to me that they just don't get it. I just don't get you. I don't, I don't get what you're doing. I don't, I don't get your whole thing. No, I just don't get it. As though it was so important for them to get it. Or that I would really want them to get it. I, I, I really never knew what to say. I've had people do that to me in meetings. Go into a big meeting. Usually not a meeting that I instigated. It was usually instigated by this other person or a group of people. And I would take the meeting, why not? And we walk in, we sit down and exchange a few rounds of pleasantries. And then the person feels the need to say, yeah, I just don't get you. It's just never gotten it, never got your whole thing. And I've never really known how to respond to that. I've probably responded every different way. Most of the time I say, okay, well, I can understand why. And I just leave it at that. I don't really know what they think of my reply when I say something like that. I say, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm not surprised you don't get it. I don't get it either. But of course, after that meeting, I would oftentimes be fuming just out of the, the nerve to say something like that. It really bothered me for some reason. Now, if I was very honest with myself, I could pick apart that whole experience and the, the anger that it caused me very easily. It was all just silly. Who cares if they don't get it? Maybe they do get it and they're just saying they don't get it. Maybe they're just trying to get a rise out of me to see how I'll react. Maybe I intentionally made the things that I did confusing exactly for those types of people who wouldn't get it. And that took a level of honesty that has been very hard for me to keep in mind at times. But do I really even want to get bound up in this? And I realize now that even I don't get it. How could I be Upset with someone else when even I don't understand myself. The only time I could ever really have an issue with someone not understanding me is if I somehow had full understanding of myself and them. And not only am I nowhere near attaining self-understanding yet, I'm even that much further away from understanding anybody else. So... I don't get it either, and if I have a grudge with anybody at this point, it's with myself. And that's where most of my resentment, my competition, my jealousy, if I'm real honest, it's with me. I'm trying to beat myself. I'm trying to surpass myself. You know, you can push against all kinds of adversaries. But you realize it's all just been you. You're just pushing against you. And that doesn't need to be a bad thing. To push apart from yourself, to rise above yourself, to overcome yourself, to grow. You realize you don't need to have any enemies to motivate you. You don't need to have competition with other people. It's all just been a big illusion masquerading as a competition for the competition of your own life. So that's been a very sobering kind of realization. And at first I thought it would take away a lot of that power source, a lot of that caffeinated energy that I could call upon. All these grudges and resentments and old enemies and feelings of Competition or jealousy and envy, things like that used to really be able to motivate me. But you can do it if you just imagine outdoing yourself, doing better than you thought you could for yourself, not doing better than someone else, beating yourself, which is the most meaningful thing anyway. Who cares about being better than someone else if you're not better than you were before? You might even be worse. It's America WK.
0: <laughs> You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. When you live by the sword, you die by the sword. All your class warfare, once you reach the top of the heap, oh, guess
1: what? You made a living out of demonizing success and people working hard and building up wealth now that mrs clinton has some oh she makes an obscene bill makes an
0: obscene amount of money obscene some would say immoral chris salcedo saturdays noon to 3 p.m eastern on the blaze radio network now the king of partying himself your friend and mine andrew wk
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. I was just talking about removing the problems we have with other people and turning them into the only meaningful problem we can have, which was a problem we have with ourselves. And I was saying right before the break, who cares if we're doing better than someone else when in our efforts to do better than them, we end up doing worse as a person than we once were. I mean, that really puts things into perspective. When you lower your own standards just to beat someone else, you're actually losing against yourself. So, summing up what we discussed today, and it really was very helpful for me. I hope you could relate to this and get something out of it, of course. That's the only really useful thing that I have to hope for here is that this is somehow meaningful. And again, I don't expect it to necessarily be new. It really can't be new. These kinds of ideas cannot really be new ideas. They are just the ideas. We're just zeroing in on the only ideas that ever have existed. The ideas of being a human being. But they sure are helpful to think about when you happen to be a human being what else are we gonna spend our time doing here can't be afraid to dive into this stuff and so thinking about these three areas in which we can really focus our efforts to improve the area of our thoughts the area of our words and communication and the area of our actions And focus on all three or focus on just one. However it occurs to you, any bit is better than nothing. Any little experiment, whether it's just trying to not use mean or unnecessarily cruel language. Whether it's trying to, every day, do some kind of action, make some sort of physical gesture of kindness or generosity to someone other than yourself. If it's... Even if you can't get control of your thoughts from the get-go, at least finding ways and being tireless in your efforts to take those bad thoughts and reconsider them, to transform them, to tame them, just to be aware of them at all is better than nothing. This is how... We can make a difference in the world. We cannot expect other people to save the world for us. We cannot turn to the future with some distant, obscure hope that some new fangled person or new fangled event or technological breakthrough is going to provide us with some new resource that will change everything and fix the world. We already have the most powerful tools within ourselves right now. And the only reason we don't do it more and turn to those tools more is because it takes effort. It takes a lot of energy and it takes wanting to do it. We have to do it from the inside out, one little bit at a time. It's tedious, it's excruciating, but it's tangible and real and you can feel it and that is worth more than any amount of distant hope or promise what you can actually do right now to make even the smallest increment of improvement in your own character it is not wrong to have hope for the future it is not wrong to be excited about the unknown and potentially beneficial discoveries and breakthroughs and innovations that are on their way. But it would be a disservice to ourselves and the rest of the world to completely put our trust and faith in those things outside of ourselves to save us when the only thing that can save us is us, is you. And however you get to that place within inside yourself, even turning outside through that mysterious and paradoxical inversion that religious and spiritual efforts involve, going out is still a journey to get back in. Exploring the Grandeur of the heavens and turning oneself over to the divine power is a way of getting deeper in touch with the divine power that's in us right now. And if there is any chance of us saving ourselves and the world, it is going to happen from that one-on-one effort that you make with yourself. It is not easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. But hopefully through our efforts and our encouragement of one another, we can make some amount of headway, even the most humble and smallest little bits of effort count. So encourage the people around you to do the same in a gentle and kind and compassionate way. When you see someone wrestling with doubts or when you see someone getting in touch with these ideas and truths within themselves, encourage them, congratulate them, be proud of them and be proud in how it confirms your own efforts. And it's the effort we're all making together, the effort to live and be worthy of the life that we have. This has been America WK. Cannot thank you enough for being with me. I love you, talk to you very soon, goodbye.
0: A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network.